Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. the 427th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sorry for bringing you in so late on this one, Sandy. All good. All good. How was your weekend? Yeah, weekend wasn't too bad. Um, yesterday wasn't, you know, it feels like a lot of the weeks are, are flowing just like really, really fast. I know we talked about this last week, but, you know, last uh, yesterday was Gordon. He had, he had a soccer game. And then we just did a bunch of yard work around the house afterwards. Uh, Gordon actually skipped his afternoon nap, and he was like, "Done, dude." <laughs> um, we were Lana and I were like trying to clean up some um, some like branches that had fallen down. We trimmed some branches away from the house, so we were like bundling those up so that the um, the uh, uh, you know land waste collection, the garbage collection, they would pick that up. And then um, that took a while. Then I started blowing some of the leaves because they do like this. Um, bi-weekly leaf vacuuming service <laughs> the city and so um, you have to just like blow all your leaves towards the toward the curb so that they can come through mm-hmm. and they literally come through with a vacuum truck and they just vacuum all the leaves up but we have like two kind of old trees and we're so we're we're, we're a house in the corner and um, in the front of the house there's there are not really many trees with leaves but on the side of the house there are a lot of there. There are two like older and taller trees. Now, technically, they're not on our property line. However, it's generally expected that you take care of the leaves and the lawn in this area since it's adjacent to your house right along your property. And so, mm-hmm. there are just a boatload of leaves that fall on the side of the house there. So it just takes a while to blow all those leaves. And um, Today, actually, I was trying to, like, rake them up into a neater pile, and the fucking rake broke in my hand. Oh, jeez. Because there were, so many, there were so many leaves, and as I'm, like, just scooping all of it up, I guess I just put too much force on the, on the, on the rake, and maybe it was a little bit old. I don't know. It literally just snapped. It was crazy. There was, a, there was a couple walking their dog across the street, and they were like, well, that's a good enough sign to sh- say that it's, that's, you know, that's it for the day. And, uh, yeah, right. Gordon's literally raking with me, and I'm like, I do, like, let's go. Let's get inside. Um, but yeah, today we we actually went to a neighbor's birthday party. So Lena met, met one of our neighbors um, at the park, shoot, over a year ago now. And um, they, uh, so she met uh, this this boy and his, and his mom, and they live just up the street. You know, they live in the neighborhood. And Lena actually met up with them. They had a play date, Gordon and this little boy, uh, uh, about a year or so ago. And then Lena and, and, and her friend, they, they, they communicated. They'd actually like gone to um, brunch one time, and they actually had a, a third child, a daughter, just a few months ago. And so it was their second child, a boy, his second uh, second birthday. So um, they were having a party for him. So we spent the afternoon there, which was uh, which was nice. It was good. I, I'd never met the, the couple before. So, um, yeah, it was good to see them. Uh, yeah, overall, it was a good time. Um, nothing like crazy to really report on just like you know meeting people it's it's nice to meet people um and it, it especially like a young couple uh just the fact that they have three kids it's like wow they're doing it they, they're doing all the things i wanted to do um but yeah no it was it was good it was good that was that was the weekend though honestly we didn't really do too much um i set up this thing called uh, moonlight on my steam deck which would be interesting to try because It'll allow me to play different games other than just Steam games on the deck. So specifically like Xbox Game Pass games. So I'm looking forward to trying that out. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was really it. Just like fun little techie stuff that I may or may actually not take advantage of. But it was fun to do. So how about you? Anything Anything on your end? Um, I mean, I'm just... I'm entering the taper season of my marathon training, so no more. I'm not. I'm not in the built uh, portion of the program. I'm like just essentially maintaining my body's relative level of fitness. So on Saturday, which was the seventh consecutive weekend that it rained, five, fifth wow. consecutive uh, Saturday where I ran in the rain. And I, I did 12 miles, and it was an easy, pretty easy jaunt, I'll say. 
at this point. And then uh, this coming week, my longest will be eight miles. And then uh, essentially two weeks from today, I will have completed the marathon. And so it'll be a... It'll be nice to, you know, wrap this one up. It's been uh it's been challenging in some sense, but it's also been uh I mean knock on wood, but I've been the most consistent in my running for this season of training, much much more so than the last few. The last few I've either gotten injured, I've gotten sick, and the only large break that I took was just at the beginning uh, for LASIK and so feeling pretty good about it. Um but again, also will be excited to sort of be done with this and then try to figure out some, uh, at least for the time being, uh, between now and uh, the end of the year, maybe just taking a, a brief break and switching up what I do so that I can hit some other goals, whether it's like, you know, consecutive push-ups or consecutive pull-ups, uh, just trying to do something to, to change things up. Um, Interesting. I told a friend, I told a friend who's, going to be running the London Marathon that I will run with her when it is uh, freezing out in New York because misery loves company. And it's always just good for me to have a general level of fitness. Like I'm at a point now where I want to maintain this ability to like just go out and run like 13 miles and just have that just be like a base level sort of thing to say, all right, as long as I'm here, like it doesn't have to be super fast. But if I can run thirteen un you know uninterrupted, that's uh that's good for me mentally, I'll say. So just gonna figure out uh what that means from like a weekly standpoint. How many times a week do I run? Am I just running in the mornings just to maintain? Um essentially just having some sort of training regimen that's like serious enough that I don't either gain weight or get weird mentally, but not like, hey, I have to now like essentially change my life to to manage uh the running schedule the 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 times actually posted this article that said that you know people who run marathons uh, and what their partners who aren't running have to go through and and if i find it pretty fascinating um but for for me it's about just ensuring this this relative level of fitness Uh, you know it sounds like you know, for people who aren't running, I can imagine it just sounding kind of overwhelming to say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. that's a lot of miles just to be able to wake up and run. But yeah. I mean, you know what it's like, like consistency is everything, right? And you, you got to build from something. And if you've been stacking good days and bad days, just, you know, compiling one day after the next, it's like, you know, when you were doing, um, whether it was, uh, what was that workout thing that you were doing? Um, like CrossFit? Cr- yeah. Whether yeah, whether it was CrossFit or just going to the gym, getting getting your lifting in, like you know what it's like when you're when you're stacking days after each other. You know you can feel that that foundation gets stronger. And then when there are da- when, you know days or weeks go by and you're unable to do it as uh, as consistently, you can definitely feel that foundation sort of ebb and flow. And I'm just trying to be a little bit more intentional with maintaining this level because otherwise. I mean, what's what's happened before is I don't run. I get a little softer, get a little rounder, get a little bit more weird with my emotions, and then you know, uh, I pick up uh, I pick up running again. There's some goal that I'm I'm training towards. You know, a marathon is hard enough where it takes around 18 weeks, so it's not like something that you can just like say you want to do and then run out and do tomorrow. Uh, unlike some of the YouTube videos that I've seen, but it's uh. I think it'll it'll just make it so that there, there's some pretty uh, consistent in my life that I can that can look to to like you know get those endorphins going get that get that hard sweat going you know what I mean Yeah, I will say I don't I don't think I've ever been as consistent in training in anything that uh, as you are. Um, never never quite had this level of fitness, so that that's definitely something else. Um, I feel like the the ability to push to push yourself like day in and day out is pretty unreal. Like the CrossFit workouts, yeah, some of them can be pretty intense, but um, I was never really competing. Uh, the, the few competitions that I did were fairly, I don't want to say they were like light or chill or anything like that, but I also wasn't expecting, like, I don't know, it's hard It's hard to it's hard to give the exact parallel, I guess, to running a marathon. It's like, you know, you, can, you just, 
you could just compete and you could finish the workout. But then at the end of the day, it's kind of just a hard workout. Um, but that's it though, right? Different. Like the, the, the hard workouts, do the hard workouts ever get a touch easier? Like you are you able to get more weights in or more reps in or more weight up? Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, but so that's I, really I, it, right? I, like the running for me is the same thing in terms of I'm not racing against anyone. Mm-hmm. You're just racing against your previous efforts. Yeah, that's fair. That, that is fair. But I, I guess it's just... I don't know. I feel like I feel like marathon training is just another. It's just another level. It's not even the same tier uh, as compared to what I was doing. But that's just my perception of it. I've never been a great or strong runner. Um, I've always struggled to run anything longer than like three, four miles tops. So um, yeah, that's that's the particular part that I find pretty impressive. So yeah, I mean, for me, running just was something that never came naturally. Uh, I always hated people who said, oh, you know, you just got to get out there and do it. Yeah. Um, I think something just uh, something just clicked one day for me that made me want to try it. But I've had many friends uh, who, who told me that they wanted to give it a go and then gave it a go. I was like, this, this type of workout is not for me. And I think we're at a point now where it's just like there's so many awesome workouts out there that there isn't just like a one way to do anything. And so. Yeah. As long as you can find something that can help you get that sweat in, I'm like just understanding uh, and, and seeing what happens to bodies as they get older. That if you're not like functionally strong or have some sort of endurance, like you age so quickly, you're so susceptible to like these more degenerative diseases. And, and, and just being, you know, having family members having to suffer through this and, and witness it secondhand, it's like, hey, how do you. How do you try and keep that at bay as best you can? You know, whether it's, you know, in, in some ways it's like, is it us just getting our sweat in or is it us doing like these not words puzzles that we're just like keeping the brain uh, sort of up and running? You know, maybe it is video games. Maybe it is crosswords. Maybe it is reading. Maybe it's, it's something to just uh, make sure that we're, we're pushing at the edges of what our comfort zone is so that we can be a, a little bit better uh for ourselves if anything yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean you've got the gym at home Uh, that's something that i'm really uh really envious of to be able to get to, 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 to push some serious weight up at home instead of for me having to like sign up for a gym leave the building be in a public space not that there's anything wrong with being in a public space but it's like you have access to it uh, yeah, no. That is that's envious. That I'm envious of. Yeah, no, I, I I do get that. Um, yeah, it's definitely been it's kind of been a game changer for me. Like I built it, I built the squat rack, literally like two months, one one to two months after we moved here, and I didn't use it consistently. I didn't use it nearly enough that first year that we were here. But this last year, um, honestly, ever since we came back from like from Florida um, back in January of this year. I've just been fairly consistent down there. If it's if I haven't been lifting in the basement, I've been on the bike. Um, now, I actually haven't worked out in like, I haven't done a proper workout since Thursday. But just because I've been like outside a lot, I've been moving around a lot. It's like today yeah. I mowed the lawn and then did some more, more work with the leaves. Like I've just been kind of physically active through the weekend that I didn't work out. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily just out of laziness. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely been good. It's nice to like... Because in the past, like especially that first year, I just feel like I kept finding excuses. And now what I've been doing is just kind of – it because I've built the habit, and I'm certainly not saying that I'm like in the best shape, best shape of my life or anything like that. It's far from, far from it. But I've at least built the habit that's consistent enough that I feel guilty if I don't work out. And so I, even if mm-hmm. I have like negative desire to work out, I still somehow I'm able to, to push myself to get down there, even if it's somewhat of a half-assed workout. Like some, sometimes I hop on the bike, I'll do like 10 miles, which is just like half an hour. And I swear to God, it's like the hardest thing in the world where sometimes I'll go down there and like lift and do some squats and something. It's like, it will take everything in me just to like finish that, finish it out. And maybe, maybe by the end, I feel a little bit like loose-ish and I feel, you know, somewhat decent, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it's certainly... It's certainly nice to not have to have that extra step to get out the house and walk through the rain or drive or, right. you know, whatever. It's like I lose less time to commute to a gym 
which is which yeah. is nice. Now I certainly don't have access to all the equipment, all the equipment that I would like. Um, I will say actually, because of that rain damage, I know I've talked a little bit about it in the past, like the reflooring in that one section. So mm-hmm. I was I was able to pull up the carpet in the area. We did get the rubber uh, flooring, but because the when the they laid the carpet down, they used um, glue for the um, the padding underneath the carpet. But along the edges of the basement, they laid these like tack strips, which makes sense. And those were also glued down. However, they also were able to nail them into the concrete, which has made it a little bit more of a difficult job because I I was able to remove all the strips, Um, you know, they were glued down and everything, but the nails that were holding them down, many of them I haven't been able to get out. If you like wiggle them free or force them out with like a crowbar, it will it, it breaks a chunk out of the concrete, which like it's uh, not like a huge chunk, but like it's still I don't wanna have like I have like thirty more holes. Um and in fact the, the drywall guys who were who were doing the drywall, I think they actually ripped up the ones that were there. So there were some, you know, some chunks of concrete that are taken out. And I would like to avoid having to do any concrete patching on that floor. Like just I don't you know, it's concrete's not my specialty. <laughs> um but I honestly might might have to. Um, anyway, I have to get those nails out. And so what I've ultimately decided to do is get like an oscillating multi-tool to try to, to basically try to cut the nails into the con, like to cut the parts that's protruding out of the concrete and leave the, whatever's buried in the concrete just in there because there's no reason to actually take them out because they're going to be underneath the flooring anyway. So I bought an oscillator last week and my intention was to cut these off. Like I'd seen some videos like, okay, this is going to work perfectly. Um, the oscillator that I, that I bought came with a tip that was rated for, or a blade that was rated for that, you know, it's like specified for metal. I take it to one nail, dude, the thing, the thing's teeth wore out before I could even make it through one nail. And like, I did see that the teeth of these, like they will wear down with nails, especially with, I think, I think nails that are just, that go through concrete are a little bit, are a bit tougher than others, than other types of nails. Um, nevertheless, I still thought I might be able to get through a couple before having to get some new blades. Ultimately wasn't unable to do that. So I, I watched some reviews and found some decent blades that are supposed to be able to, to make it through. So I bought some blades. Hopefully I'll have some success. Um, after we finish recording, I might go down there just to try one and see if it's, if I'm able to get through. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have to be a bit patient with it because it might take a little bit, it might take a little while, but if all goes according to plan, then I will hopefully be able to start laying out that flooring and extend that gym area, that gym space, which is it's my long way of, of connecting to the to the basement gym. But the idea being that, um, you know, in the space that I have, it's really not that, it's not that much space. Like I have the squat rack that's there and then I pretty much only have like five to six feet of usable space. Uh, let's say like six, like, yeah. So I have, I actually have two uh, or sorry, four six by four, horse stall mats in the basement and the squat rack pretty much takes up um two of those six by four um horse stall mats so the other six by four uh the the two six by four horse stall mats are um space where like some of my loose equipment sits like a couple dumbbells kettlebells but also the two benches that i have and then the remaining space which is like i don't know a couple square feet is where i can like actually do the actions that I need to do like kettlebell swings or you know the squats if I'm pulling the the barbell out or uh, burpees things like that so anyway this new space in the basement which is going to be much longer um, to give them (laughs) it's going to be not that anyone cares about the measurements eight by 23 feet and so with that I'll probably be getting like a I don't know I might look for like a used set of uh, you know dumbbells so, you know, like if you go to the gym, they have, a, you know, the, the, the racks of, of dumbbells, you know, 5, 10s, 15s, 20s, all those, right? Um, I only have two dumbbells. I have, I have two 40-pound dumbbells, which, like, is pretty versatile for, say, like, um, I don't know, a lot of actions that I'm doing, like shoulder press, um, dumbbell bench presses, um, some tricep work, bicep work. But, like, it's not, like, it's not, there's not enough variety. Like, there are some back workouts that I'd like to do that I can't quite do with 40 pounds. And so I'm missing out on a lot of things. So having that additional space for weight storage alone will be nice. I can also like do um, walking lunges and farmer carries and other different things in this area um, 
So yeah, looking forward to that. So hopefully I'll be able to get down there and try to wrap up this uh, this space this week. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to be overly optimistic about it. Lena, I know, has been eager for me to finish it up. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. I mean, it's one project after another, right? It always is. Once you're done one, you look at something else, you go, you've got the list of things that you need to do, yeah. then things you want to do, mm-hmm. and then you know, there's always that list of things you don't want to do, but hopefully you also don't need to do those things, but if you ever get down to that part of the list, you might as well try and do it. Yeah. And so that's what they say. When you when you buy a place, you sign up for a never-ending list of projects, but... yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, once you get something done, how nice does it feel to be like, hey, I got that done? Yeah, no, it definitely is. It, it really is. Um, the other thing is that sometimes you just want to be lazy, man. Like sometimes you just really don't yeah. want – sometimes you really just don't want to have to um, – you know, sometimes you just want to sit on the couch for the weekend. And um, the unfortunate part is that when you do have these types of projects, then, yeah, you're certainly – you're certainly um, – force like you can say as much as you want oh yeah you know you'll 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 get make some time during the week but like after work how much time is there really how much time is there truly to be able to do these projects so you, it's really weekend or bust for many of these things and so um like that yard work for instance i really would have loved to just sit on the couch at least one day this week and this weekend and and you know watch a movie or you know play uh <laughs> i don't know veg out play the steam deck something and I wasn't quite able to do that, but I, I'm, I'm happy with the trade-off that I did make. I actually made some progress, and it certainly feels good, so can't complain. Yeah, I mean, it's always that balance, right? I know for a fact that weekdays are so incredibly tough. You got to focus on the task at hand, which most of the time is work. Yeah. And, you know, to, to try and fit something in afterward is uh, ambitious, yeah, no, it really is. It's certainly ambitious. It really, really is. I'm honestly, for me, what I've I've been finding at times too. There are times where I finish up at the office, and I'm like, I really want to get some. Like, I I, I don't want to leave now, but I have to leave because well, one, Gordon has a whole bunch of extracurriculars these days. But two, I still have to get Gordon home at a respectable hour, get him home to eat dinner, so that we can you know we could do stuff. I just can't be. I can't be getting home at like six p.m., seven p.m. It's just not fair. I, I can't do that. So um, sometimes I finish up at work. I'm like, all right, I really want to get some time, some additional time at night, and work on work, like finish up what I was doing. But honestly, but you know, by the time I like leave work, get Gordon, get home, that's already like forty minutes. Um, then like eat dinner, yeah. get him ready for bed. Like by the time he's in bed, I'm like two to three hours removed from when I last worked. The idea of working again just doesn't really feel so important or necessary anymore, unless it's like I really want to just get something running so that I can act, so it can run overnight, and then I can have access to the data the next morning. If that's not the case, though, if that's not what I need to have happen, then I just like it's like you know what, it can wait till the morning. So um, yeah, yeah, all that to say. Yeah, how often do you find that when you are back home and you are a few hours removed from work? Like, how often are you finding it that, like, due to either a deadline at work or what have you, that you have to sign back on? Do you find it to be a frequent infrequent. thing? or in- Very, very infrequent. I tend to not ah. have too many deadlines, like hard deadlines like that, where it's like, okay, I have to have something done. It happens occasionally, but it's not particularly often. More often than not, when I, like, it's because I want to do something, not because I have to do something. And so that's partially why I'm able to leave it till later it's because i wanted to do it and i never actually needed to do it um if i need to do it i'm gonna do it but yeah fair enough yeah fair enough okay good to know yeah good to know um can i give you a quick f1 update yeah all right so season is not finished however the championship is over the championship actually was was decided i think the last race race or maybe even the race before max verstappen won his third championship in a row and red bull won their second constructors championship in the row i know your favorite team um max i can actually tell you the so here are the points right now after this last grand prix right so max has 466 points do you want to just guess how many points second place has Max is 466. 
200. You're, yeah, you're pretty damn close. So Max's teammate, Sergio Perez, has 240 points. Uh, Lewis Hamilton has 201, Jeez. then 183, 171, 159. Um, Lewis Hamilton, so, so Max's teammate hasn't been doing very well. He, like I said, 240. So he is two, he is, so Max has almost double his teammate's point total. And um, <clears throat> he's actually at risk of, of getting third. Um, or he was at risk of getting third. Lewis Hamilton was actually disqualified from today's race. He and he and uh, one of the other guys who placed, uh, I think, well, like third or something, was also disqualified because um, the the way that they had set up the car, it was too low to the ground, and the the uh, the bottom of the car wore out too much. And I think they basically have these like regulations in place to to protect the drivers. The idea is that the car was too close to the ground and it was making it for a bouncy and uncomfortable race after something, some stuff that went down last year. Um, but yeah, that's that's like the the wreck, the the race for like second, third, fourth, like a lot of that is exciting. It's interesting. Like I said, so like if you ignore if we ignore, ignore Max, here are the point totals for second through like fifth, right? 240, 201, 183, 171, 159. First place in a race gets 25 points. Second place gets 18. Third gets like 15 or whatever it is. So like that race is pretty interesting. However, no one cares about second in this sport. So ultimately, the only reason people care is because people want to care about something related to the sport. Um, otherwise, dude, the season's been such a such a snore fest. Like Max is just completely dominated. It's like, you know, it's it's basically him. I'm trying to think of the proper comparison. Um, I mean, it just sounds so boring, it, frankly. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if you want to put it to a, an American sport, it's maybe somewhat similar or analogous to the Patriots' domination. Now, it's a bit different because, like, you know, the, the realistically, the, the comparison there is Mercedes and how Mercedes had performed for much of the 2010s compared to the Patriots for you know that mid 2000s to 2000 um, uh, late 2010s how good they were um but regardless the patriots just seemed like the team that no matter how they were performing um you know week to week they were going to be a brutal matchup in the playoffs and more often yeah. than not that that end up being the case like no one could really hang with them no one could really beat them and so um yeah, it's just like it's, it's – I mean, I don't even know if that's completely fair either <laughs> because the page, you would still watch the games. There's still like – there's a chance. Not in Formula One. Like the, the car is the car, and it's very, very difficult to come back. Like after the, – the way the lead that Red Bull has had over the other teams is so large that there's no amount of development that the other manufacturers or constructors can actually do to come back. So you're like last year, you pretty much already knew, oh yeah, they're going to dominate for about three years, maybe four more years before anyone could come even close to them. And that's honestly about how it's shaping up to look. They're two years in and they're, like I said, Max, uh, Max 466, the next closest non-Red Bull driver, 201 like literally fewer than less than half the points that max has so it's a bit of a i don't know bit of a a tough like you 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 really tune in just for the other <laughs> for for other you don't tune in to see who's gonna win you tune in for other um i mean to me that just makes it sound like it's so uh uncompetitive and therefore boring and when you say something like oh we're just gonna be waiting years to become competitive again yeah i'm in my mind i'm thinking so what do we like how do you retain like eyeballs on uh on a sport where the conclusion feels so pre-written yeah yeah i don't know um i mean i'm still watching i'm still tuning in and it's partially because it's not really because I, you know, there's always that glimmer of hope, like, oh, maybe somebody could beat Max. Maybe Red Bull messes up to, uh, for some reason, and they and they lose. And in fact, that did happen three weeks ago in in uh, in, in Qatar. They screwed up their setup for the race, and uh, Max placed like fifth or sixth. That was actually what caused him to lose his ten 
race win streak, which was the, the most of all time. No one's ever won that many races in a row. And so um, that's that's what caused it. And that was the that was and still is the only race that Red Bull hasn't won this season out of like 15. That's the only one that they haven't won. Um, <laughs> but because the race is still pretty exciting between like second and third and fourth place, you're still kind of tuning in just, again, like I said, for that other. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. beyond that, it's like, yeah, if you care, like to me, maybe it's just, maybe this is the silly American perspective point of view. But yeah, I mean, considering that's all anyone really cares about, no one says, oh, who won second place? No, no one cares about that. You, you only care about who won. So at the end right. of the day, like, yeah, well, that's already been determined. There's still like six races or there still were like six races left in the year when Max already won. So at that point, yeah, it's all wash. The only the only ramifications these really have is the constructors who get second place get the second most prize money. There's a, basically a prize pool among the, te- the, the 10 teams and the money is divvied up based off of your performance. So first place gets the most money, 10th place gets the least money. Um, now there's also like that, there, there are penalties. If you do really well, then you get the least amount of time with the, um, in the wind tunnels, for instance, when it comes to developing your, your next car, your next year's car. But again, because Red Bull is so far and beyond their, uh, everyone else, they're actually able to allocate fewer resources to the continued development of this year's car. And they're actually able to use that for next year's car. So Mercedes was in this case, a lot of times in the previous years where you would see them dominating so much at the beginning of the season. And then by the end of the season, other teams started to catch up, but because they had already won the championship, it didn't really matter if they lost a race and then they would come out the next year and they were dominating everybody again, because they once again, used their money for the next year's car, car and everyone else was trying to play catch up throughout the throughout the season. The um, what was what was the other point I was about to make? Um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's been like when you like you said, why do you why, why do you tune in to watch when Max is winning by like thirty some seconds most races? I don't know, dude. It's uh, I guess it's it's still somewhat interesting to see, but I'm also not like heartbroken if I happen to miss a race and. At times, I'm not like I have. I have the um, I pay for the F1 TV app, and so I could watch the, the 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 vods. I could watch the the you know the races on demand. Sometimes I just don't bother because it's not really worth the time. Or maybe I'll put it on in the background and and kind of half pay attention. But yeah, that's kind of where I am with uh, Formula One these days. I mean, I'm I'm watching week in and week out. My Chargers just lose and lose, and we're two and four through six mm-hmm. games was well, seven yeah. weeks with a bye and it's just like just feeling like the season's starting to slip away now i'm doing decently well in fantasy this year which is interesting because uh, in all the like i either went with the justin herbert keaton allen stack which outside of the last few games has been done doing really well mm-hmm. uh but then in like all of the big money um leagues that i'm in i went with Tua tyreek uh and, and that was a really nice uh decision uh i think the it was crazy as the worst decision i made was uh jalen hurts uh aj brown uh chasing that repeat production this year so you know overall like you know what's been fun is like you know watching football with carolyn we went and we went to a pizzeria we got a couple of specialty slices and some garlic knots and nice. you know the chargers were playing the chiefs and so she was interested in watching taylor swift on tv you know and so <laughs> it was just fun to like teach her a little bit about football but also just like sit there and just be like my team is awful yeah it's just like you're like you're, you're such a disappointed dad to be like <laughs> man we suck yeah that, you know it makes it tough to watch doesn't it i yeah, it does. Like maybe not, but like maybe you, said, not you still tough. watch it. Yeah, maybe not necessarily tough, but you just start to care less and less. Maybe, maybe that's the better. Oh no, I don't care less and less. No, I still care. You still, you still, I still care. care. Year in and year out. I mean, if you know, if the Chargers like become a really good team and are Super Bowl bound, like mm-hmm. that—that's the dream. That that would mean a lot to me. I'll say that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of how I feel about basketball. Um, the Colts, I've honest, like my my fandom with football, it's not necessarily because of the performance of the Colts. It's been more just, I guess, the NFL as a whole. I don't know, just whatever, whatever. For one reason or the other, 
I've I've been watching the NFL less and less. Now, this year is a bit of a change. I actually have been watching the Colts games, whereas in the past I haven't, but I'm I'm not I'm not watching anything else, which is all which is pretty reflective of my uh fantasy performance. Auto draft was able to draft me a pretty decent team, but I've struggled to make the midseason adjustments to uh to keep my team oh, strong. Yeah, you're which you're, is you're, I'm you're free falling. I'm right getting now. yeah, I'm free falling, I'm getting trounced this week. Um I'm like I've had injuries, but not like season-ending injuries, which has made me hesitant to drop players because I don't want people to pick up the players that were performing well at the beginning of the season and steal them away from me. But I've yeah, lost. Yeah, go ahead and drop some players. I've lost two, but then I've lost too many at the same time. So I have like four players who are just like not playing this week, and it's not because they're on buys; they're all just like injured. Um, but my my that that's what I think my fear is with when it comes to basketball. I love I love watching the the, the Sixers play, and I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year. The whole like it's it's just it's the it's the fucking Ben Simmons situation over again. Um, I don't know if it's better or worse <laughs> than the actual Ben Simmons situation, but I just have um apprehension nervousness i don't know i don't know what it is really but yeah just i don't don't feel i don't feel as great about this season as i have about a seasons in the past like there's optimism when it comes to the new coach but our off-season moves were among the worst in the last out of how many years now for the sixers like they're at some point in the in, at some point in the offseason uh <laughs> The Daryl Morey was like he like implored fans like hey don't don't look at this don't look at the roster right now don't worry about the roster this isn't the final roster you know you can you can criticize the roster come October well Sandy the roster didn't change that was back in like June or July and the roster did not change maybe they had like one additional signing or something like that of like Kelly Oubre and that was it we didn't sign anybody we lost players. Um, it seems like other teams are not confined by the same constraints that we have. I know that the Sixers have concerns about the new upcoming uh, collective bargaining agreement that's kicking in next year, which has like so- all sorts of penalties for having three star players instead of two or like two, like more than two max players, um, which would allow the Sixers some flexibility when it comes to next year. But as I've heard many times before from Bill Simmons and others, you should never bet on players coming to you in, in free agency because you players that you think you're going to get often don't choose to come to you unless you're Miami or LA. So the New York Knicks have made this this mistake over and over and over and over again of trying to keep money available to entice free agents to come, like Kevin Durant, for instance. And then they ultimately mm-hmm. choose to go to the Brooklyn Nets instead, uh, or they choose to go to like the Mavericks or whatever random team, right? Like, so um, yeah, I feel like you know Embiid's getting older. He's a frustrating player to watch too, <laughs> and he's only getting older. And, and at some point, he will his his skills will you know start to fall. Yeah, his pr- productivity will start to fall, and um, you know that could happen within the next couple of years. So I wonder if I'm just going to continue watching this team and their peak may have been the 2020 season that ended with that Ben Simmons pass to a, a cutting thigh ball who got fouled and we lost in game seven. Like, I wonder if that was, that was the best chance that we had at a championship and it went down in flames in that series. Yeah. I mean, are you watching the Phillies? I'm not a much, I'm not much of a baseball fan. I actually have been keeping up with. I haven't been watching the games. Now I probably will start watching the games when I start paying for YouTube TV or whatever service I, I I'll pay for again starting this week when the uh, the NBA season kicks off. So I'll probably be starting to watch those games too. But I haven't been like actively watching watching them. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean they're they're one game away from uh, going back to the. Yeah, the the what World is it? Series. Yeah, so I uh, I <laughs> I find the I find the Phillies really interesting. Like, just you know, again, I don't know much about baseball, but seeing what happened last year, they were a fairly mediocre team who all of a sudden just like hit their stride hard and made it all the way to the World Series. 
I found it a bit interesting. Like they were, they were not like they weren't as I don't want to say bad. They weren't as mediocre. I don't I don't know what the right word is. They were like a, a slightly above five hundred team last year. They weren't like a hundred win team, a hundred win team season or hundred hundred win team this season, like the Braves were again, but they still took the Braves out again. <laughs> so, um, right. yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely it's definitely exciting. Um, but again, I don't I don't really care too much about baseball. So it's uh yeah not gonna i mean there's also too many sports happening in the fall right now for you to care about everything yeah i am very excited about the start of the nba season though uh in more reasons than one (laughs) you understand uh it's about time you big it's about time we kick this up again i'll say that yeah yeah oh so you know it's uh yeah definitely definitely excited for that aspect uh, I might be joining you. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, get in here. You know what I mean? We got, what are Wednesdays for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we got to start hitting those parlays again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I got to start taking your, your route, though, because, or at least your route two years ago. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, that, that's one of the most storied runs in history. It was great. It was great. It was, it was probably like you could have, you could have, uh, you could have been guest featured on the, uh, the ringer on the Bill Simmons podcast with how well your, your betting performances were. Dude, I bought a, I bought, and this is also your help too. Cause I remember very clearly, I don't know if this is a year or two years ago, but I remember hammering Sixers warriors, uh, who, uh, warriors won the finals two years ago, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then it was two years ago. Cause yeah, last year was nuggets. Um, two years ago, I hammered uh, not only um, Sixers but also Warriors playoffs. You know, single game parlays, and I turned five dollars into seven hundred, and I bought a PlayStation Five off of five dollars. <laughs> That's like one of those. You know, like those like really crazy, stupid commercials. You're like, hey, you can buy this PlayStation Five. Normally five hundred. I got it for forty dollars. That's yeah. It's like yeah, no, I, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Was equipment, um, um, yeah, right. And so we're trying to do. We're trying to run, run it back. I, I most recently tried to with a five dollar deposit on DraftKings, but I only won thirty dollars after they gave me two hundred in free bets. Hmm. Uh, and obviously with FanDuel, I, I bombed out there. Um, and then <laughs> BetMGM is where I got the seven hundred. The seven hundred was also just like a lot of uh, those sixer in game bets. You remember those sixer in game bets we used to do? Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, that, that that was a that was a big one too. But um, I got Carolyn to throw in like I think I think fifteen dollars, twenty dollars total. To be, hey, listen, you're gonna do this, and I, and I put I put in listen enough bets. Yeah, right. But you know what's crazy? Vandals bet five get two hundred. They're so sneaky about it. They don't tell you. Mm-hmm. But you remember like the oh, way DraftKings does it. Oh, you know? Well, no. The, tell me. Tell me how. Tell me how. Two hundred dollar bet. Tell me how DraftKings does it, because I was I was curious. I assumed it was the same, but tell me. And tell a listener. DraftKings has eight. DraftKings. The way it works is you get a deposit. If you deposit five dollars mm-hmm. on DraftKings and you bet five dollars, you instantly get eight separate twenty five dollar bet tickets. Eight times twenty five is two hundred. That's see. how you do it. Okay, and you have to bet twenty five dollars then. You have to bet $25 a clip. Okay. Now, you also don't... You remember now, when you bet normally, you get the principal back and the yes. difference in whatever the odds were. Yes. But with these free bets, you only get uh, you know, the free... The, the, the money on top. You don't get that principal back. Right. And so they're, they're forcing you to bet more aggressively Yeah. Uh, to see some kind of winnings, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, what I learned was... When we did FanDuel today, that FanDuel does a single two hundred dollar bet. Oh, oh no, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, it's a single two hundred dollar bet, and so now I gotta figure out what game is like a toss up where you can get something even close to two hundred dollars back, or at least a hundred dollars. Wow. The main goal, uh, I talked to Carolyn about this. We, we we're aligned on this, but. The goal this year to bet is to make enough money so that when we uh, pull all the money out, that we'll use it 
to to pay uh, the holiday gifts for our building staff. Uh, yeah, and so if we can, if I mean, dude, if I can make enough money to pay all the building staff with just the winnings, that's such a win. That's such a win. That's like twenty. I would have turned potentially twenty dollars into a couple hundred. Like if I can go on another heater like that, heck yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, right now the bet is for tonight. Uh, I I bet uh, a parlay of. I need. Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown, which has already occurred. AJ Brown anytime touchdown, which has already occurred. And I need both of them to be at least over a hundred yards on DraftKings to win money. And then over 125 yards on FanDuel to make money. Um, we have a sh- we have a- an outside shot because AJ Brown's at 78 and Tyreek Hill's at 88. Oh, I also need uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill's over at least seven and a half receptions, and I think A.J. Brown's over five and a half receptions because he's at six. So we basically just need yards at this point. So Tyreek Hill needs 13 more yards, which is very possible, and then A.J. Brown needs 23 yards, which is going to be potentially tough. But when you're the top receiving option, you know, on, on each uh, on each team, there's a shot. And it's a close game right now, 17-24. And so uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, two just got a pass intercepted. Fantastic. Oh, great. That that well, not that not that my fantasy team matters at this point. Two is two is uh <laughs> one of two players who's broken double digits for me so far. So uh yeah. I think that's actually pretty crazy that uh I mean you're running up against the the, the top player in the league. So like there was I he he, he had a buzzsaw week, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Yeah, no, it just it I fantasy is just such a frustrating thing sometimes because like it depends it you know sometimes you can you can like i could have put up 140 points right now and i'd still be losing uh yeah. so it doesn't really matter like you, you get beat get beat by 50 get beat by 100 or get here's beat the by thing two. though here's the thing of what you're saying there's this concept in fantasy that i've been trying to get all the leagues to adopt it's essentially a, a new way of scoring. So you're going up against, like in that in that concept, you're going up against the, the highest scorer, right? Right. And you know there's weeks where you might score like 150 points and still lose, but the league average was like 90 points. So you're like, why is this the case? Right. Um, there's a concept in fantasy where you score two points a week. One point is if you win your matchup, and the second point is if you beat the league average. Hmm. And so what this does is, if there's two points up for grabs every week, it's different than, say, if you know if you lost a nail-biter, but you score the second most, you're not as penalized. Right. You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to, say, you had a low score. I mean, this this week, might you might be affected by this, but if you oh, lost yeah, yeah. and you were one of the lowest scoring, then you get double-dinged. Mm. Whereas if you're one of the top scoring and you win, then you get you get you know that extra bonus, and so people's records are obviously two x what they are. But then you start to see a little bit more of like oh, there is a difference in quality. Some people who you know uh, may have lost are are still excuse me able to maintain a slightly better record because they've been able to score so many points. Yeah. Uh, but it's a little. I don't want to say it's unorthodox. It's not the way that a lot of people like to play. Yeah, uh, but time. similar to how you know uh, we've moved away from simple waiver wire priority for mm-hmm. players, where mm-hmm. it's just like everyone should have a shot at everybody. Yeah, uh, it adds a lot more gamesmanship. I feel like this would add a little bit more gamesmanship. I just had to figure out a better way to, uh, to sell it to folks. Yeah. No, it's definitely very interesting. Um, feel like at the very least it'd be, it'd be, it would be worth a shot i feel like it i wonder if you could do like a simulation like if you can run if you can basically see how much that would change standings in previous years oh i totally could I feel it's like, just so much no yeah it's so much just manual work yeah yeah right yeah, now. yeah no yeah. i i wouldn't I certainly wouldn't recommend it um i wonder if there's like an automated way that that could be done like if yahoo or somebody else could like tell you um yeah. then i feel like it wouldn't change results for for most leagues like standings but there would be like some edge cases where like you know you're you're five and five and you're kind of on the you're 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 on the brink right there of the playoffs and 
your you know your 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 PA is just too high. <laughs> your PA was just too high, right? And and it, and it dinged you too many times. So yeah, like I'm looking at I'm looking at um our league right now, and like teams just haven't really scored too much against me. So that's that's the reason. That's the main reason why I was in the position that I was in, and my you know the the, the number of points that I've scored is was honestly quite average, and so my my record now fits that like where my my points for and points against but there are some people like you dude like everyone is just trapped like you They're wailing on me dude dominate 808 point yeah you're the top you're the top of the league when it comes to that and it sucks because your record like you, if this seating was a little bit different your record could be like four and two right you could be up there and yeah. it just... Uh, I mean, I'm still in the hunt. You and I are going to no, be done. Uh, yeah. separated by, uh, you know, by a game. game. Yeah. Uh, they're beating on me like I owe it money. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, golly. Everyone comes out like, oh, yeah. It's next week. Sandy this week? Oh, shit. Here we go. Uh, yeah, and it right. looks like we play each other next week, too. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, well, well, yeah, let's get to it. That's, that's where your team is going to finally find its... Uh, Find pick, his, pick, uh, pick find up. his legs again because everyone's gonna be back from injury or or, or buy. Hopefully, but I don't I don't think so quite yet. We'll see. Um, losing losing to Harry last week was was a uh, was a tough one. That was a really tough one, man. I really I thought. Hear from him. I thought I thought that like two points for my kicker. He missed two field goals. Just make one of them That's and rough. I win. Just make one and I win. Missed two. Rough bud. Yeah. Anyway. Real rough. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, should, right, should, yeah, I should let you get to bed. I know you were ready to fall asleep when we started. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.